listening to Darling Shine, a podcast by Chloe Fisher and myself, Elodie Pullen. Join us as we blindly navigate and unpack the raw and often unspoken experiences of womanhood, grief, friendship, and everything in between. Encompassing all emotions, ugly and beautiful, we've made a promise to ourselves to find our shine and build a life of triumph and joy. Darling Shine is your survival kit to the unexpected shit life throws at you. Hello, Chloe. Hello. This is weird. <laughs> yeah, Chloe's back in the studio in Palmy, and it's weird to see you there. We're, we're in Australia, but we're not in the same state now because the borders are still closed and I'm currently doing home quarantine for 14 days here and Elle's down in Sydney still. So, yeah, here we are, <laughs> remote again. Oh, I miss you already. I know, I know. It's. It, I have a question for you, darling. Yeah. I have some business chat for you. What? Why did we start Darling Shine? So oh. many people are interested. And given that this episode's about Kira Rumble, um, we're talking business and fertility and things, I want to have a bit of a business chat yes. with you because you're the business bitch. Yes, okay. Well, I mean, it's pretty funny because I think that we, you know, people are like we were discussing this like the other day going like, oh, why did we start? And Elodie's like, well, I think people were saying that we should start a podcast, but I'm pretty sure it was we decided that people wanted to hear us. How lame is that? Like, like, oh, yeah, yeah, people want to listen to our shit. I think that we had just so much shit that we'd talk about on a daily basis when we went like through COVID, like the proper lockdowns where we were, I mean, Queensland where we live, we were, we were able to see each other. So we would spend it every single day together. And we're like, mm. God, people probably want to know about this shit. But mm. and apparently you guys do. <laughs> So you made a good call. Apparently everyone loves hearing about us talk shit. Um, I feel like you started posting about some fertility stuff and getting heaps of traction oh, on like yeah, Instagram. Yeah, that's right. And lots of people being super interested and like I think you were initially scared to post about it being like, oh, I don't know how this will be received. Like remember you had that miscarriage yeah. and you posted about that like that was like two years ago and so many people were like, fuck me too I've done this thanks for sharing rah 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 like I've had a miscarriage too thank you so much like that was really powerful that you did that and so many people loved that and then obviously Chump passed away and I think people were just like how the fuck is this girl just doing like still going and you know wanted to know like the insides of my brain and yeah I don't know we ca- I, I, we definitely kept getting asked can you guys do a podcast and I was just straight up like fuck no I'm 100% not doing shit like that I'm not a public speaker I am not articulate like that that was always Chumpy's domain I was like he would he like the poor thing like he would just be like don't do that (laughs) (laughs) that's my thing I'm a public speaker and but you were just so confident and just I think he pressured me right into it I think for me I was like you know the journey that I was going on and I and I shared a little bit on my personal Instagram and then I was just like, is this just heavy and like just heavy mm. for people to like look at and listen to all the time? I was like, maybe we can create this platform that's a, a side um, that runs parallel to my personal Instagram where I can share all this in full detail and then if people want to know about it, they can come over and jump on board and like, you know, follow the journey there instead of me having to like constantly post on my personal one. Not that that's a problem, but like 
I don't know. I just feel like there's like men and like yeah. other people that follow me on my personal account that don't really care. So I was just like, that was yeah. sort of like the main driving reason for me. And then obviously mm. you were going through or what you were going through and we're like, it just makes sense. Let's just do this. And it's funny because we had obviously no experience at all. We were like, okay, so what do we do? Let's buy a mic. Doing all the research and like. Fully. We- <gasps> no, 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 no. Sorry, but do you remember when we reached out to some brand, yes. like some microphone shit, and we were like, hey, we're starting a podcast. Um, <laughs> Can you give us some free shit? And they were like, uh-huh. No. Like basically said, fuck off. Mind you, the mic but- was like 150 bucks, And we were like, if you give us the mics in exchange, we'll give you like an episode. You can sponsor an episode and we'll advertise you. And they're like, no, sorry. The mics were 150 bucks. Like what an absolute shocker they had. Oi, I, I'd love to just send them a little DM and be like, darlings, we just reached a mill. Do you reg- do you have any regret? No regret. No, they definitely would have some big fucking regrets with it. No, no, no. But we also had we also approached a producing studio too. Oh, yes. Is that what I'm a studio? And we were like, again, hello, um, we are Chloe and Elodie. We are starting a podcast. You definitely want to hear about us. Yeah, like we're talking about this and that, and again. They just said pretty much fuck off. Yeah, that's pretty funny, hey. And then we're like, how, how are we going to do this? I was like, yeah. I am telling you right now, I'm not doing the editing. And if we were to do it ourselves, I probably would have had to have done the editing because Elodie is not technical oh, no. at all. Like we cheer yeah, every time that. we do episodes. We actually proper cheer when she like plugs in the mic because like that's a big <laughs> achievement for us. <laughs> we actually just today plug in the, the headphones, the microphone, plug this shit into my computer and then like this camera thing sits on top and I'm just, I always hop on. I'm like, guys, can you see and hear me? And they're like, yeah, wow, oh, my God, like, fuck, you're really stepping it up. Like we can see and hear and then Chloe tries to speak and we can't hear her and I'm like, <laughs> Okay, so someone sucks at technology and it's not me today. Yeah, once. We're two seasons in and you, you've, you've nailed it once. So congratulations, doll. <laughs> but honestly, if you had told me that this would become our job or we'd actually make money from this or like, you know, actually people would listen or we'd get sponsors, I would have 100% been way too scared. I would have said, no way, I'm not doing it. Like that's just way too deep for me and that just freaks me out and yeah. I think it really it's, is one of the best and most rewarding things I've actually ever done in my life. A hundred percent me too. It's like therapy. It's literally my therapy. Yeah, fully. And like I remember mm. when Chump f- per- first passed away, I went and saw this therapist and I sat down. I'm like, fuck, this is hectic. Like I really have to explain all myself and then you're asking me mm. questions and I just never ended up going back. And then we started this podcast and I'm like, who needs therapy when you can come on here and do this? But it's actually funny because now that you think about it, you we feel like we're just having a conversation between you and mm. I, but little do we know we're getting, we've got this massive, it's like it. amazing group of followers and listeners that listen to all this, but we actually feel like we're just having a conversation between the two of us and no one else is listening. I think that's the best part. And I think that's why it's so well received. Like sometimes I'm like, oh my God, I swear so much. Like how are people listening to, you know, because my mum can't even listen to <laughs> this because I swear too much. She's like, she just can't do it. And I, you know, I, that's a worry for me, but I just, I, I want to just, I can't come on here and be like this, like really well put together articulate person because that's not me. And I think, we have so many people that write in and say, oh, I listen on the way to work. So I sit in my car and I feel like you guys are in the car and I'm just having a chat with like my best friends. And and that's exactly, that's 100% what I would have set out to do. Do you, would yeah. you agree, Chloe? Yeah, agree. Like, 
if people can think of this like they're having a chat with friends and they're feeling lighter and feeling heard and feeling seen because we're just chatting about shit like you know the ups and the downs in life and always finding positives and but but not shying away from like the actual bullshit that happens in our life and you know we're laughing and we're crying on here and we're being real and we're being vulnerable and we're being raw and people just seem to love sugar that coating zero <laughs> yeah not a sugar coating shit and just being real like I don't know what's going to flop out of my mouth and or <laughs> Chloe tries to get me to write show notes and plan things and I just literally just I it's like I'm allergic to that I just cannot do it yeah. and yeah, yeah I apologize for that but I think I think that's why it works like Chloe brings structure to Darling Shine and you bring that like professionalism um, and like without you, like clearly we'd be absolutely fucked without you. We're speaking of, we were just actually discussing before, we're like, let's talk about some like rewarding and some punishing aspects of Darling Shine. I'm like, hmm, punishing aspects of Darling Shine. <laughs> Elodie. Uh, and then Elodie's like, <laughs> Chloe. No, I was like, mm, Chloe. <laughs> no, I Elodie's was a lack punish. of is a punish. <laughs> Yes, you're lucky you have a when mini because otherwise if you didn't have a mini, they'd be, you'd, you'd, you'd never. I've got a good excuse. Yeah, I've always got a good excuse. There's always something up my sleeve. Yes, there is. <laughs> no, but I wake up to like 47 voice notes and she's like, have you listened? And I'm like, no, I don't have 47 min- minutes. Yeah, but I also just listen. want to address why I'm sending voice notes and what Elodie forgets is I've got a broken wrist and I can barely type. But I go. I wouldn't be reading it if, if it was in. So I, I was at with her the other day, and I look at her phone, and all the voice notes are all still on there. So she doesn't open them. She doesn't even <laughs> listen to them. It's not like she's kept them. She actually hasn't listened. And I'm like, wow, I love doing business with they you. Disappear. Yeah, and she, I was like, do you listen to this shit? And she's like, nah. So because I know I'm, I'm usually like the other day I was like about to see you, and I'm like, you'll just tell me all no, the shit again. So why am I going to listen twice? That's why I do it. So you listen, and we don't have to talk about it again. It's called repeat. Mm. That's a that's a repeat button situation. I don't want to do that. Want to we do do a bit of a repeat button scenario. Poor Brit. I've been like since being in Sydney, I've been busy like catching up with people and everything, and so like I've been a little bit mute. And Brit, I was like, "Don't you worry, I'm going to be in quarantine for the next two weeks at home, and you're going to get flogged, both of you." And they're all both like, "Fuck." No, Brit's literally like to me the other day, "Fuck, I feel like I've been on a holiday. Is, is Chloe all right down there?" And I'm like, "Oh, how good is it? She's literally so busy. She's just flown in. Everyone wants a piece of her. They're just hitting her up left, front, and center to hang out. And like we, me and Brit, just feel so fucking free because Chloe's busy. But like, if I'm not I'm- doing shit, nothing's getting done. So I'm like, so is anything getting done? I mean, Brit, look, Brit's been great. She has stepped up and she has posted a bit on social media. But apart from that, like, I'm like, so have we done this? Have we done this? And Elodie's like. Oh yeah, 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 yeah! Do it now. Yeah, doesn't nah. do it. <laughs> I absolutely. I was just scheming. I was just like, how the fuck can I keep her busy? Like, you know, now she's entered quarantine. You're like, here. Absolutely do you want to look cause... after Minnie for a, for a few hours? <laughs> Have her for two weeks in quarantine. You'll be busy. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, we just we we really want a lot of people. Mm. Like a lot of you guys are always asking us about business and business and business and business and like why we started Darling Shine and like what we've done and like what we've got to, like we're actually not bludgers, like we actually have had careers prior mm. to this. Close a business, bitch. I want to you break it down from after high school, start with the flight attendants in Yeah, so I finished school and I went basically, I actually did a course, I did an events management course at TAFE, didn't go to uni. I just like at that time I was like I just, it's not for me. 
I really just mm. didn't believe that I needed to do that in what I wanted to do. And I didn't really even know what I wanted to do. I love organizing and stuff like that. So I was like, maybe I'll get in events. Did the events thing. And then I was like, oh, actually, I want to be a flight attendant. Very random. So I ended up being a flight attendant with Jetstar for like a year or so. And I dislocated my shoulder at work. So that was heavy. And I couldn't work because I was I, I was injured for so long. And I got to the point where I'm like, you know what, maybe this isn't for me. I actually want to get back working because I'm really bored. And I couldn't get yeah. back working because of my shoulder. And then I ended up getting a job at ACP Magazines, which is now I believe called Bauer Media. And I mm. worked across like the Cosmo Cleo when it was like still a magazine, like Australian Women's Weekly, Women's Day, Men's Style, like all those like collection of magazines um, at Park Street in the city. I used to get the bus in every day. I think I was king shit, like dressed up with all the high heels and stuff like that. I looked after. I thought you were king shit. That was an amazing job. It was job. pretty fun. Like I got to go to so many amazing events. I actually, one of my clients, um, one year I was looking after Revlon and they sponsored uh, Cleo Bachelor of the Year. And I got mm. to travel around Australia and like babysit bachelors. It was pretty, pretty funny. Like all the different states and like and execute all the different events across Australia. So that was really fun. Um, but yeah, I did like it. That was amazing. And then I met Paul and I was like, well, he lives in America. I live here. What are we going to do about this? And I actually ended up just quitting my job completely and just moving to the States um, and lived over there for a few months and then I realized I'm like well what am I going to do and I then I started my own swimwear swimwear label called Aloe Swimwear um it still exists today but I don't own it anymore a beautiful girl called Kate owns it um and yeah I made reversible swimwear that have got like cheeky cut bottoms uh because I always loved wearing that, that sort of style like the Brazilian kind of style so I was like and you couldn't really get them in Australia at the mm. time and like Lindy Irons, who we had as a guest on our last episode, I actually was so inspired by what she um, did with her label called Acacia that I was like, I need to do this sort of like in Australia. So I, hey, Minnie. Minnie's piping up. Minnie's back. Minnie's in the arms of mummy. She's right. Okay. Um. Yeah, so I kind of got really inspired by Lindy Irons. And so I started doing swimwear, obviously, like on the, a dot scale compared to what Lindy was doing, but I absolutely loved it. It allowed me to travel. I got to design swimwear. I got to wear swimwear and like I loved every second of it, but it just got to the point where it was just too much being on the road. And I was at that point that one year, Paul and I really were like hardcore on the road all year. And I was like, I just can't do this. But I remember when you started Aloe, you were literally like the first <laughs> first in Australia to create Brazilian reversible cozies and all of us girls were like, yes. holy shit, our friend is I'll take that. amazing. And actually, we, <gasps> you know what, Elodie was actually my first ever customer. How epic is that? I love Full you price. so much. Didn't even ask for a fucking mate's rates discount, just proper supported my friend Friendship through goals. blue, through and through. And look at us yeah. now. Full price though. And I remember that cozy. It was a little one piece, so cute, Brazilian up the bum, stunning. Yeah, so girls, get over to Aloe Swimwear and support. Aloe. So mm. fucking good. I A-L-O-E. love it. Yeah. Chloe, not Chloe, but Aloe. Not Chloe, stunning. but Aloe, yes. Um, See what you did there, doll. And then once I sold that, I then focused like full-time on Paul's merchandise. So I do all the Fisher merchandise and we just launched a new label called Car 
which stands for catch and release records, which is Paul's record label. So I do all that, which is pretty, it's a pretty big job, um, mm. especially while we're on the road. But it just allows us to be able to be on the road. We throw ideas off each other. I basically, essentially, I work for him. And then on top of that, I do a bit of social media work here and there. Oh, and then now I've got Darling Chime. <laughs> You've got a bit on, doll. I do have a bit on. I'm very busy boy. What's your fate? Like, yeah, how do you compare dealing with the Aloe stuff and and then going to like car, like it's still kind of clothing manufacturing stuff? I feel like with the swimwear, it was very much a one-man show. Like my mum and my sisters back home used to do all my shipping while I was away and it was an absolute punish for them because like I was away basically all year. So they basically had to run that um, and then – I bet I pretty much did everything else. I had a girl that worked for me uh, for about a year uh, and she worked one or two days a week. Um, but now with the merchandise, I work with the production company in the US. So we, I kind of am able to throw ideas off people. They help me with all the production and stuff like that. So I don't have to do everything from top to bottom. Whereas with the Lowy, mm. it was like I had to do everything. Like if I wasn't doing something, nothing was getting done. So um, but yeah, it was very rewarding. I'm so glad that I did it. Like, I feel like I've ticked a lot of boxes in like the business realm, um, for myself. And now I feel like at 30, I'm, I'm like, I feel I'm very happy with what I've accomplished so far, but now with the Darlene Shine empire, I'm really excited to see what we can actually do with it for just like literally a little three man team. You've done so much, Chloe. It's actually amazing. Um, what about for the listeners out there that are looking to start their own business or swimwear line or merch or, you know, do you have any tips? Like did you just follow your nose? How did you well, have we actually the- speak about this in this episode with Kira Rumble because Kira, like us, is a girl boss and she's basically mm. started all of her own businesses. Um, she's also had a baby at the same time and she's like a massive inspiration to me. Like, honestly, wait until you hear the story. We're actually about to jump on that chat with her and you guys are going to hear all about that. And then we're going to talk about some of our basically starting a business and how you get started because, yeah, we definitely talk about that um, in this episode. Um, Well, should we just, yeah, should we get into it? Today, we would like to give a very warm welcome to the beautiful Kira Rumble. So Kira's been on my radar for some time now, and when we were discussing which guests to have um, on the podcast, I it, honestly, it seemed like a no-brainer for me because obviously we, we love talking business, but we also love talking babies. So in my eyes, Kira, you are an, a perfect fit. <laughs> um, so yeah, you're quite literally the ultimate girl boss. And a super mum in one now. Um, but before we get into the interview, I'd like to tell you all a little bit about Kira. So back in the day, this lovely lady was actually a professional skier, but sadly that ended in an injury. But some would say that this was maybe a blessing in disguise because it then led Kira down the path of nutrition, wellness and entrepreneurship. From here, she has started two very successful businesses where she sells her well-known beauty bites. They're all they're stocked in Coles and in Priceline in Australia and most recently her newest venture, Habitual Beauty. So sadly and amongst all this, Kira has struggled with what no woman would wish upon her worst enemy. She's had four miscarriages, child loss, infertility, endometriosis, um, and we'll, today we'll touch on a few of those points as well. 
So we'd like to welcome you to the podcast, Kira. <laughs> Thank you. Sorry, as I say that, my dog has just run in. Oh, um, <laughs> wants to be a part of it. That's well, fine. We've got we've got dogs in our in our life too. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. We were recording yesterday, and Rummy pops her head right in here, and the girl's like, Rummy. "Um, hi." Yeah. <laughs> well, massive congratulations <laughs> on your beautiful boy Hunter. Thank you. Thank he you. looks divine. So, but basically before I um, we, we get into the hard questions, well, not that any of them are hard, but we wanted you to tell us a little bit about your businesses, when it all started. Was it a light bulb moment or did you know that you always wanted to start businesses? Um, yeah, so can you tell us a little bit about those? I never thought that I would go into business for myself. My dad has always had his own business. Um, so I saw, you know, pretty early on how, you know, really good work, work ethic would help, you know, build a business. Um but yeah, I just sort of fell into it because I had my own health issues after I quit skiing or retired from skiing. I put on quite a bit of weight and I was really unhealthy and I was sort of wanting to do, you know, figure out why I was feeling so unwell and it was all to do with my insulin. So I was insulin resistant. So I went to doctors and they finally diagnosed me with insulin resistance. And what does that actually mean? I want. So I was pre-diabetic. So if I had continued eating the way that I was and living the lifestyle that I had, I would have become diabetic within years. And how and old so were you? so I was sort of uh, 20. <gasps> so young. Was it just? Yeah, like 19, you, 20. Was it because you were so active skiing and then you stopped skiing and you were just kind of keeping yeah. up the eating or? Yep. <laughs> yeah. Out, yeah, man. yeah. Yeah, and I just I was just eating all the wrong things and I was just lethargic, feeling nauseous. Um, just not feeling great. And I just, I saw all these other people my age feeling great and healthy and energetic. I was like, why, why aren't I feeling like that? So I finally got diagnosed. Someone decided to test my insulin. And so that sort of led me down this path of nutrition because I was trying to eat all the right things, but I had no idea where to start. So I went down the supermarket aisle and I was like, okay, health food. I'm going to get heaps of healthy food. And I wasn't really losing as much weight as I had wanted to. And I wasn't feeling as good as I wanted to. And then I realized that all of the healthy products were like filled with so much sugar. Like some of the Mm. protein bars on the market had the equivalent of two cinnamon donuts worth of sugar because they've got dates and they've just got all these natural sugars. And I was like, what? So I kind of went down this, you know, rabbit hole of wanting to get into nutrition and wanting to create a product that I could, you know, really spruce and I found a gap in the market with the whole collagen sort of movement because I was having my collagen powders, I'd be having my vitamins, I'd be making my snacks and I was spending so much time and effort and money making all of these this product that I was like, I want an all-in-one. So, yeah, we went down this whole journey of creating a business with, you know, grabbing an all-in-one grab-and-go beauty bite. So, yeah, it's been awesome. When people are walking down the health food aisle and they're they're picking up these snacks that they think that are healthy, I have no idea what I look for on the back of like a Mm. packet. Is there like something that you, you know, for our listeners, like if you pick up a packet, is there something that's like a a red flag that you're looking for or? All the numbers, doll. You don't want all those random numbers that aren't even ingredients. Yeah, you don't. Yeah. Yeah, you don't want preservatives. You don't want any sort of artificial flavours and colours. Obviously, I'm not a nutritionist. I'm not a qualified nutritionist. I study nutrition. But um, for me, the biggest thing was 
dates. So dates are like such a cheap filler for a product and it just spikes your insulin. It's such a high sugary content. So for me, I always look at the sugar content and, you know, if it's got more, if it's a protein bar or a protein ball and it's got more sugar than actual protein, that's like a red flag. So you really want to be conscious unless you're running like marathons, you don't need that much sugar. Interesting. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, even if it's a natural one. Um, so I, when I was younger, I, I'm super interested in this because I used to make so many healthy treats, like the really yummy ones, and they were just full of nuts and everything and just like all mashed up, you know, like those caramel slices with the layers and each one was a different nut yeah. and everything. Yeah. <laughs> so good. Chloe would the hate sugar's it. sugar's definitely higher than the protein <laughs> in that one. <laughs> yeah. No, nuts are full of protein, doll. You pipe down. Um, and I was always like, oh, like – in my, I'm not very as entrepreneurial as like say you, Kira would be, and definitely Chloe is too. But I was always like, oh my god, these! How come people can't buy these? Like this, this is honestly before those raw caramel slices and treats were in every cafe. And I was like, how? How come? Like, how do I sell these? And I always just like imagined how do you how do you even get into like Coles and Woolworths? There are so many regulations going into the food industry. Like how? Can you start from the beginning with that? And because I imagine like yeah. the clothing label, like that's somewhat like I can kind of see the pieces and how they come together. But with food, I just I don't get that. Yeah, I had no idea when I started out. <laughs> we really were winging it. Yeah. Um, I had a product before Beauty Bites. They were protein balls, and we just took really bad advice. Um, we found, yeah, we just did everything wrong. In business, so we went to the best trademark attorney in Australia, and we cost you know, we spent an absolute bomb, and we were just doing things the wrong way. Mm-hmm. So I ended up losing quite a bit of money, but I was really determined because I knew that you know I had the, you know, the idea of this collagen and the probiotics and the prebiotics and all of the all in one, and I knew that that was going to be the right product to launch. Mm. So I pretty much wrote a footprint to you know what not to do (laughs) in business so we found a really good formulator that really knew with all the regulations with beauty bites and then we found a really good design team and you know I went to the small trademark attorney that's it's her and her sister you know and just all of those sort of people that would just really want to help support you as a business and see value in you I mean our packaging person we met four years ago and he sent us the most beautiful baby present you know they're just like they really treat you as family so that's sort of for us we really want to have this close network of people rather than going to big conglomerates sort of thing yeah um, yeah Coles was hard I love hearing that yeah the big dogs they don't care about you when I started my business I like I actually genuinely thought when I like before now I thought that you like had like legit background in business and stuff like that and that's like epic hearing that because I Mm. for me I had zero idea and when I had the idea of starting my swimwear label it was like okay what are the steps oh we've got to register this as a business and like you are literally driving it yourself like if you don't you you have no idea there's not like a there's not a rule book on how to start a business you actually just have to follow your nose and trial and error and like you said you go to the big wigs and you do and you spend so much money and all this stuff and then you realize that like oh no I actually don't need to do that to have a successful business you can start small it's so it it is very like look at you look at you you're a perfect example of this you know 
you can people can exactly. do it without having yeah. even when we went to the UK that was like so we launched into Holland and Barrett which is a grocery store over there massive contract for us to land we had to pretty much in three weeks register a business figure out how to get the stock over there figure out importing licenses and stuff and so I was just like what the hell how you know you just got to learn you've got to teach yourself you've got to I did so much stuff on Canva in the first you know year of our business which is (laughs) the online graphic design I love Canva so much but Canva before it was like Canva Canva it was like basic Canva (laughs) but yeah I just I really yeah and it is a fine line between fake it till you make it you know what I mean oh 100% totally yeah Totally. Oh my gosh! Yes, I think that's a really important for people to know. Like, it, if we've got younger girls looking to start businesses, like you, literally just you guys didn't you even know what do you were it. doing either. So that's amazing. Um, it yeah. must have been so surreal getting into like Coles and Priceline. Like, how amazing is it? Weird walking down the aisle and just seeing your own product. Yeah, it still is. It's so cool because I, you know. I get photos from people and my friends taking photos of other random people <laughs> eating the product. Whoa, and I'm like, that's, that's so cool so... that people that don't even know me are buying the product that, you know, they're not friends and family just buying it to be nice out of the shelf. They're actually, they know, you know, they like it because they like the taste of it. The white chocolate ones actually the white taste like dessert. Yeah. Mm. Can you tell us how many products do you have under the Crumble Foods umbrella? Is it just the, like, how many do you have now just the beauty bites yeah we've got heaps developed but um we just keep on you know we've had the uk expansion so we put our money into the uk expansion with the beauty bites rather than you know launching new products and then habitual beauty do you have we've got six six flavors what's your favorite white shell raspberry yeah the cherry rice one's pretty good too yeah yeah. Yum. Yum. Yeah. I think if so, I had my shit in like Coles, I would literally <laughs> hit it up every day and, and like buy it all off the shelf so it looked like it was always sold out so Coles would keep buying more. But I know that that makes look, no sense. The day that it launched, I was like to my boyfriend, I'm like, we have to go into like all of the local Coles and buy them all because, you know, I don't want to not have good sales. (laughs) And then we've just been so fortunate that people just love the product and we don't have to worry about that. But I mean, you know, occasionally I'll go in and be like, yeah, let's take take a few. And then I'm like, I'm paying, you know, I'm paying so much for this because I've also paid for it. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Could you tell our, our listeners a little bit about your new venture? habitual beauty I will it's like a tongue twister it actually is I don't know why I can't spit it out today habitual (laughs) beauty um (laughs) yeah so during my fertility journey I was very conscious of the products that I was putting on my skin and I mean I even had an embryologist talk to me before I started IVF and she was like you know make sure you're not putting parabens and pegs and phthalates all on your skin. And I was like, no, no, it's fine. I've got this. I'm not, I'm not putting this stuff on my body, but I couldn't find a natural skincare line that gave me the same results as like my high end active cosmeceutical products. And I got the shits because I was like, it, it has to be possible. Hmm. So I thought that, you know, I've built up, crumbled foods I know now how to set up a business um 
why can't I do it again? Wow. <laughs> and then, yeah, so we really wanted to focus <laughs> on, yeah, it was, we launched nine SKUs, wow. nine products, and, um, yeah, it was, it's been really intense. Like, How many years have you been working on that? Three years. Okay. And how do you compare the beauty industry compared to the food food industry? I think because I know so much about food that I find it easier. I find the beauty industry really exciting and ahead of the game. But, you know, I, I think because I've been doing the food industry for so long that I kind of like I know how to do things easier. Yes. So I find the beauty industry a lot more overcrowded too so you know obviously where beauty bites are really it's a really unique product but you know habitual beauty we've really got to elevate the brand because we've got digestible and then skincare so we've got collagen and the collagen is so unique you know you get all of these other brands that sell like 90 grams of collagen for 80 dollars, and we sell like 945 grams of collagen for 110 and it just wow yeah, and I, I think I've always led with a consumer focus. So I, as a consumer, see myself getting ripped off because I know how much all of this stuff costs. And so I was like, well, I need to do something that's actually going to get results rather than taking two or three serves of this collagen. So, yeah, it's been a journey. <laughs> wow. Um, I, I wanted to also say as well, like, you know, obviously owning a business, there's certainly highs certainly lows it, it's definitely not always sunshine and rainbows but can you tell us like some hurdles that you you guys have come across and then how you know how you've overcome them and how do you keep on the drive to keep going when you know the going does get tough when you own a business oh uh, yeah at the moment it's really incredibly tough like we've got a lot of we've extended ourselves financially considerably you know getting stock over to the UK we had to air freight stock over so this oh. is a perfect example we had to air freight eight ton of beauty bites to London. Wow. Whoa. And so we had to make this. So my boyfriend and I have the business together. We had to make the decision. Do we send this stock over and lose money, but then keep this contract? Because the contract was pretty much like, you need to get all of this stuff delivered by this date. And if we sent it by sea, we wouldn't have been able to land the date. No. So we're like, do we lose money for the first few months but then we've landed this full contract or do we just not get the contract and we have to make this judgment call and we're still trying to, you know, catch up. So it's it's so stressful having, you know, mm, yeah. such a big financial commitment. But, um, I mean, the first packaging of Beauty Bites that we ran, um, the apple cinnamon colour was fluoro green and it's meant to be oh, like a pastel green. <laughs> Whoa. So you oh open that up and you're like, um, yeah, yeah, and I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> and oh then no. the packaging printer, they're like, oh, that's not our fault. You should have checked it. And I'm like, no, no, no. So we ended up having to pay half of the print to get done again, and just like little things like that that you just don't expect. Did they put food coloring in it or something? Like it's like it was <laughs> fucking blue. It was so. It was. Can you imagine? Beauty bites are very like muted colors and then all yeah. of a sudden we've got this vibrant green color I'm like oh so no there's that um I mean we've got trademarking issues at the moment people using our trademark over overseas that we've got to 
you know. And trademarking is hard because we've we've done that as well, um, like through brands that I've had it because you can't just you don't just trade you don't just trademark your brand and it's trademarked worldwide. You trademark it and you trademark it in Australia and it costs X amount, but then you also have to trademark it in every single other country that you want that you want it to be trademarked in. Because I, I I thought it was just like a blanket trademark, but in yeah. the end, we only ended up trademarking Aloe Swimwear in Australia just because I was like, well, I mean, I I, I at that point was nearly getting, you know, I was like, I, it's just too much. Like, how where do you begin with what countries you want to trademark with it? You know what I mean? I don't know. Was, that was like a crazy one in itself because people don't know that. Yeah. yeah, trademarking is really confusing. I mean, we've got over 20, I would say nearly 20 trademarks at the moment. And like, <laughs> it's intense. I mean, I emailed my trademark attorney yesterday. I was like, I think I need to jump on a phone call with you to just, cause she just sends me all these emails being like, do you want to do go to this country in this country? I'm like, can we yeah. just get on the phone so we can just go through everything? Yeah. Because I don't have time to read all these emails at the moment. Oh, yeah. It's- I just don't know how you do it. Like I, I'm like talking about obviously the lows but like the highs in your career. I'm like you literally what, you were due to launch the the business when the baby was being born, right? Well. Sort of. So we launched, yeah, so Habitual Beauty launched on a week after Hunter was born. Yeah. And, and you're like a we, three-man team. <laughs> yeah. And then we announced the Sephora. So we're launching we're launching into Sephora for Habitual Beauty. Yay, Thank you. Congrats. Thank you. So oh we launched we announced that launch, but basically my son decided to come four weeks early. Let's rewind because we're gonna go into this. Let's rewind. Yeah. So <laughs> before we go into the birth, I um I obviously want to yeah. start talking about babies and your journey to motherhood has just been so devastating like my myself. I mean, um obviously you've got a beautiful baby in the end, but do you want to talk us through your journey? Please. Yeah. Because it brace yeah. yourself people. um so we've actually had six losses not four in the intro oh wow okay so yeah it's been it's hard to put things into words now that I'm holding him in my hands because it still doesn't make it easier but it makes everything that I went through worth it if that makes sense um yeah, so we've had five miscarriages and one ectopic pregnancy. Um, and it took three fertility specialists and two and a half years to finally get diagnosed with what was probably causing all of these miscarriages. So I had um, I had a heterotopic pregnancy, so that's a dual pregnancy, so a miscarriage, a pregnancy in my uterus and then a pregnancy in like elsewhere so I had an ectopic pregnancy and a miscarriage all in one um so you were actually pregnant with twins two babies yeah so twins yeah 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 so that was I'd had two miscarriages before that but that moment in January 2019 was like the pivotal moment where I was like this is rough and the way that I was treated in the medical system, I was misdiagnosed with the ectopic pregnancy for four weeks. 
I would be go. I went into the hospital multiple times, and I was like, "This doesn't feel like a miscarriage. I've got shoulder tip pain. I, you know, all of these classic ectopic pregnancy symptoms." And they're like, "You need to go home, take some painkillers. What you're experiencing is normal. You should probably go see a psychologist." And I was like, "I just." It was just the hot, most horrifically traumatizing four weeks just being told there's nothing wrong with you over and over and over again. And so I started documenting it because I thought I was just going through another miscarriage. Um, and, yeah, so it turns out that I had a miscarriage and then I had an ectopic pregnancy, which was really hard to deal with, but it wasn't until I really started speaking about it that, I sort of fell into this, I need to start speaking about it more. So I I put something up on my Instagram and I remember I was lying on the floor here and I put it up and my boyfriend runs in. He's like, what have you done? He's like, people don't want to know about this. Mm. I was like, I think this is what I need to do. Let's just see if, if, you know, if I feel weird about this in like a few hours, we'll just, I'll take it down. And within like minutes I was just flooded like you guys know what that's like it was just insane and it was so overwhelming the response from people all going through it and it was just this moment of me going this is so common and it's such a horrible thing that people endure and it's just not spoken about enough we're getting so much better in society speaking about it but it was just a moment for me going okay this is kind of a purpose for me to speak about it and to hold space for people um and yeah so that really embarked my two year of you know fertility really being in the thick of it every month you know trying and just that sick feeling of not getting a positive pregnancy test or having another miscarriage and then you know people saying I don't know why you're miscarrying we don't know you know it's normal it's common you know and I just wouldn't take it. So after the ectopic, I started getting these like really bad like cramps and like really specific painful points. And I went to a doctor and they're like, oh, it might be adhesion pain. And I was like, what the hell's adhesion pain? And they're like, oh, well, you know, when you have surgery, you can sometimes get adhesions from all of the scar tissue. And I was like, right, okay, cool. Um, and then it started getting worse and worse and worse. And they're like, look, you know, we, we'll, we'll give you some, sur- we'll do surgery and we'll remove the adhesions. And my pain was just excruciating. I was doped up on endone for a few months. I was having like the biggest reaction. I put up stuff on my Instagram yesterday about like, you know, what, am I pregnant or is this, an, you know, a swollen belly? And mm. everyone was saying that I was pregnant for all of these swollen bellies. So they finally went they were in really, and did really surgery swollen. and they found it looks like you're pregnant. Huge. I looked huge, yeah. Yeah. And oh. um they found stage four endo. They found my adhesion. So my uterus my ovary was stuck to my uterus from the surgery. They had left like a stump of my fallopian tube in there. It was just an absolute shit fire. Yes. Oh my god. So that's like so after that I was like okay well this is what's been causing all my miscarriages this is what's causing all my infertility um and then we had another miscarriage and I was like after you had that surgery did you fall pregnant fast after that um because you know they say like like three months 
they say like, oh, once you've had yeah. that, you're fertile and blah, 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 blah. I mean, it hasn't happened for mm, me. Yeah, but like, you're all clean. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're going to be um, so fertile now. Exactly, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, within three months, I would say. And then, um, yeah. yeah, and then we had another miscarriage and I was like, I'm sorry, but like this number six, that's not like a, yeah. you know, there has to be no. a reason. So then I went finally to another fertility doctor and I was like, test me for everything. Like, I don't know how many times I have to say this, but test me for everything. Mm. And he finally was like, oh, okay, we'll test you for something that normally causes stillborn, you know, stillbirths in the second trimester. It's not really miscarriage related, but we'll test it for you. And, um, yeah, so I've got a blood clotting condition called factor five Leiden and it's quite common ish. Um, so basically there's a lot of studies coming out from the U S that's showing that it actually, um, can lead to someone not implanting a pregnancy properly and for lack of blood flow through to your uterus to keep a baby. So for us, I was like, okay, that could be could be a solution, um, you know, an answer, sorry, not a solution. Mm. And so I spoke to a hematologist and the hematologist was awesome and he's like, okay, we need to go on blood thinners. Um, but at that point I'd already booked in with IVF and I was like, I need to do IVF because I'm sick and tired of doing this trial, mm. you know, like, you know, hope for the best, you know, let's see, yeah. I need my baby now because I was at breaking point. I was mentally exhausted. Um, six miscarriages that is crazy that's insane yeah I'm so sorry were they all around the same um time in the in the pregnancy or were they all different yeah they were all under 10 weeks okay but a lot of them were earlier so Mm -hmm. it was very much like you know this could be an answer maybe they're really struggling to implant properly you know that I had no idea and yeah, I was just so over it. Like all I was doing, it was just so consuming. You know, I mean, Chloe, you know, I feel yeah. It's, it's just, just so, like the answers it's, thing it's for so me consuming. is just like I've done the same thing to my doctor. I need you to test me for everything. Like, do not not test me for you know. And so we did all the tests, and they're like, it's all normal. Like everything is in normal range. And I'm like, no, this is not normal. Like we're we we're young we're healthy why it should not be this hard when you're watching friends left right and center just like having sex once a month and falling pregnant when you're like trying to do it every other day and you're not you're like there is something not right and I still don't have my answer it's doing my f and heading but yeah there has to be I actually have been tested for that what um you what you had um, yeah, I, yeah. It wasn't, but yeah, there's a few more things that I want to get. Like, I obviously have to get tested because I, I think I, both of my losses I lost at seven weeks, pretty much around the same time. So there's definitely a, there's definitely a reason this is not just like a fluke that this is hap- that this is happening to me. I don't believe that. It's bullshit. One hundred percent. No, it's it, and that's like I remember we because this was back in COVID time, back when we did IVF, and we we're sitting here on this lounge. And I was asking all these questions and my boyfriend's like, shh, like, you know, they know what they're doing. And I'm like, I need you to 
test me for yeah. absolutely everything. And he's like, oh, you know, it's expensive. I'm like, I don't care. Yeah. No, you don't. You're like, I'll pay <laughs> yeah, anything like, for I this do baby. Not care. Yeah. 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 So it's you just. You have to bake them. And when you know something's wrong, isn't you get that horrible? In your... Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Look, I feel like lots of people just go to the doctors with those gut feelings and the doctors are like, like, I, yeah, so like even just for other things, like you go to the doctor and you're like, oh, I'm tired all the time and they're like, oh, just um, have some B12 or something and there's always like that gut feeling. You've got this underlying issue like and they're always just trying to get the easy, well, no, not the easy way out but like just not testing for everything. Why is it so hard to get tested for everything? Like it shouldn't, it shouldn't have taken three doctors to finally get diagnosed with something. No, yeah. And it shouldn't be taking you this long, Chloe. Where I've like reached breaking point the other the other month was when I was like, we when we had just found out the sex of the baby that we had just pre the, our last loss. I think I like, I literally went psycho for two or three days, and Paul didn't even know what to do, and he's like, "What is like?" And I'm like, "Listen, like if I am not doing anything right now, and I'm sitting on the fucking couch twiddling my fingers, who the fuck is helping me?" No one, mm. no one gives a shit as much as yeah. you give a shit, and like no one's doing any research for you. No one's, no one's like working around the clock because you want a baby. You have to do it, and that's where mm. it like gets so frustrating because like we can only do so much. Like we're not doctors. Yeah, we're just here scratching yeah. our heads well, on even, fucking Google. Literally, exactly. And, like, so it's a genetic condition that I've got. So my sister's got it. My sister hasn't even started, um, you know, her and her husband haven't started trying to make a baby yet. I don't know. It's some doctors, like, I'm, I'm lucky I finally found, like, my people in terms of the doctors, like my fertility specialist and my OB. They were in my corner championing for me the whole way. Like, my OB is just Amazing. such an incredible person. Thank God. But, um, yeah, but I'm like, it shouldn't be this hard to go find people. Like I've referred so many people to them because they come and speak to me and they're like, I've had the worst experience. And I'm like, are you in Sydney? Within two hours of Sydney, you need to go to him because he will actually hold your hand. He'll give you scans. He'll do this, you know. We'll get so, your, we'll get yeah. those details though from you and we'll put them in our show notes. So yeah, Sydney, sure. Sydney ciders because sure. <laughs> people are always asking yeah. and like I don't know Sydney really that well because um, my doctor's in, in Queensland. But but so when you got kind of – so tell us about when you fell pregnant with Hunter. Yeah, so we did IVF, um, which was an experience. Um, I went into IVF having friends that have done 10 rounds, so I was very much like, okay, they conditioned me to think that the first round is literally a, a test round. And, like, I still didn't know if my Factor Five was the cause of all these miscarriages. It just was, like, a possibility that that was what was causing it. Um, so we were treating it as if that was the main cause. Um, so, yeah, I didn't get many eggs. Um, I got five eggs. We had four fertilised. Um, you know, I've had friends that have had, like, 18 eggs and, like, mm. all this crazy amount of frozen in the bank. Um mm. And then, you know, they found a endometrioma in my right ovary, which is like endometriosis within your ovary. Um, I believe that's what it's called during the IVF treatment. So then that was another, you know, we're not sure if this is even going to work. Oh, it's um, just one thing after the other. 
yeah, I broke down for that. I was just like, I just can't give me a break. break. Yeah. Yeah. Like I literally, it was five months after my surgery for endo. And when I was getting my scan to see how my follicles were growing, the lady was like, oh, do you have endometriosis? And I was like, how, how do you know that? Is that on my file? And she's like, oh, no, I can see it. And I'm like, what oh, are you talking back. about? Uh, I was like, well, great. I just got it all removed. I know. Yeah. So there was all that. And then we did the transfer. I was really focused on my positive affirmations. I was really trying to keep a really good mindset, um, which I know like can go out the window when you've done multiple rounds. But we were so fortunate that um, Hunter was our first round. Mm. Um, yeah. I didn't really let the happiness sink in until I was about 15 weeks pregnant. I announced when we were nine weeks. Um, yeah, it was – I was very disconnected for a long time. Because I just kept on, you know, I had my guard up. The disconnect is such a reoccurring theme in so many women. And I like. Because you're so scared you're about to lose it again. Yeah. I I mean, we had his name picked out from 10 weeks. And the whole pregnancy, I did not allow anyone to call him Hunter. It was the baby. Hmm. Because I was like, no, no. And even probably two weeks after he was born, I was still like the baby, the baby, the baby. Mm. And it's just I like had to pull myself into like, okay, his name is bloody Hunter. <laughs> you need to start yeah. calling him that. But um wow. yeah, it's Aww. just and I only really realized that recently that I was like doing that. So yeah, it's crazy. When do you get time to have a shower? Yeah. How do you do this <laughs> business bitch stuff with like a two month old? I'm running on fumes. He wasn't meant to come early. I was meant to have a good four weeks off on maternity leave. The whole pregnancy was pretty intense. I had hyperemesis Gavardian, so the constant vomiting. Oh, of course you did, Dom. Just something else to add to the mix. Of course. I was like, of course I have. This is just a course. So my my boyfriend's like, of course. So... Um, but yeah, as soon as I started feeling him kick, it was just so beautiful. And I think then I started to really sort of relax a little bit. Um, having weekly scans really helped. And then once I started feeling him kick, I was like to my OB, you know what? I think I'm okay. You know, cause I, I, we live on the central coast and we we're going down to Sydney because of me being a high risk pregnancy. I wanted to have, you know, the best, um, person possible. So we would drive down get scanned and then drive home. Um, so, yeah, we started going less and less and then, yeah, the pregnancy seemed like it went for bloody ever, but now it feels like it just went like that and okay. I miss my bump so much. I keep mm. saying the same thing. It's so fun having a bump. I feel like it's novelty. I, like, can't wait for you, to Chloe, to have, like, oh, that no. experience. It's I just swear, like. I'm going to love it. I catch myself some days when I'm just like having a bloated day. I'm like, oh, this is so cute. Like <laughs> there's no baby in there. It's just fucking food. But like I'm like, I'd suit this. <laughs> it's, yeah, you totally oh, do. I, I find an image that, of yeah. you with a bub and it's just like with a, a bump and it's just like so stunning. I literally think about it all the time. It will happen. It'll happen. Mm, It'll happen. Fun. It's so hard to see that 
though. Yeah. For me, I, yeah, it's, it's such a, it's a really dark, dark place. Mm. Like I remember, like I used to get triggered by the rant, like the most randomest people. Like I was telling my friend, like Bindi Irwin, when she announced her pregnancy, triggered me next level. Like I was. I didn't even know she had a kid. Isn't she five? (laughs) Yeah. I I was just like, I went into a shit, like, you know, I'm sure she's a lovely person, but. I went into like a really dark space for like a full two days. I was like, this is fucked. Like, yeah. yeah. No, it's, I this agree. It's so I hard. Who triggers I'm you? Who doesn't trigger you? A lot now. At the very beginning Everyone. when people tell you that like, oh, you know, this happens and I'm like, that will never happen. Like I'm so grateful for every like everyone's, you know, sh- deserves their time. Mm. But like the the longer you go, like we're like we're approaching two years now, Um it's much harder like even just being away doing anything and every time you see it's not it doesn't even have to just be a specific person it's just like a random person with a bump or a random person with a newborn and like Paul's so attuned to it now that like he sees like a newborn he's like oh that's so cute look at that baby like it must smell so good like like just we're both it's just so on our radar so much that that's kind of feels like all we see which is frustrating. Yeah, and it, it, it is, but it's like all you think about, all you see. Mm. I mean, I broke down in Woolworths when I saw this woman pregnant with like two other kids and I'm like, why Why does she get that? And I don't yeah. like, yeah, it's, it's dark. It's dark, but I promise there's definitely a very happy mm. ending. But I probably wouldn't want, I would have wanted to punch someone if they had said that to me, so... <laughs> Yeah, it's hard. Um, no, that's why I was saying. I like this is why I wanted to get you on the podcast because there's so many people that are interested in the business side of things, and people are always asking about my business. And then obviously we talk a lot about babies. So when we were kind of talking about, I was like, "You're a perfect mixture of the two, and you've obviously got a crazy stories on both sides." And like, look, you you you've had your baby, and then you launched a business a week later or two weeks later. Um, and yeah, I, I think that like wow, I both Elodie and I like have learnt so much. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you so much, Kira. <laughs>